Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. So if you listened to last Monday's episode, if you haven't, you should go back and listen to that now, episode 281 language. We delved into the subject of living in a foreign language, which is, we know from our listeners, one of the most popular topics that we have covered during this show. And I know that a lot of people who listen to this show are studying Italian, hoping to move to Italy one day. Uh, So I thought I would talk a little bit about Italian and just give a few tips on specifically learning Italian. I did do a general language learning episode or mini episode back way back on uh, bittersweet moment number three. So if you'd like to check that out, that's got a lot of helpful information on just learning languages in general. Lots of little tips and tricks that I have found uh, helped me over the years. But today, instead, I'm just going to talk about five basic, simple little tricks that are specific to Italian. They may also work in other languages, but Italian is, of course, the foreign language I speak best. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. First of all, when it comes to vocabulary, language experts have recently come out and said that you really don't need that many words to be able to get by speaking a foreign language. Now, of course, I'm not talking about being at the level where you could attend a university course or have a very deep conversation with someone. But if you are traveling or just sort of starting out in your Italian language adventure, then you really can get by with even as few as 300 words. Now, 300 words might sound like a lot, but it's actually really not that much, especially when you consider that so many words from English to Italian are cognates. They sound almost exactly the same. You just have to sort of get used to the patterns, learn sort of how the words will translate, and you can almost start guessing at words. You, you know, say a word that sounds like, you know, put the Italian accent on it and see if it works. At the very least, it'll help you memorize quickly, um, but sometimes you can even sort of guess. And do be careful, as I mentioned in the last episode, there are a few There are more than a few false cognates or false friends that can get you into trouble. So don't take it as a hard and fast rule. It's a general rule, but there are always going to be false cognates. There are always going to be words that sound the same, like parenti does not mean parents. It means relatives. Eventualmente does not mean eventually. It means in the event of. If you Google what are the most common English Italian cognates, you'll probably get a list of way more than 300 words. And you can start there and you'll have a much easier time. Now, another word about that is that English is based mostly on Latin and German. It's funny when you start to pay attention to notice which words derive from German and which words derive from Latin. And if you pay attention to this, you will start to find that the words that come from German are sort of basic, everyday no frills words, words that, you know, we all use in our vocabulary every day to describe kind of simple things. Whereas the words that derive from Latin, they can be a little bit more poetic. They can be a little bit more technical. They can be more scientific. So sometimes you'll come across a word that has two meanings. An example of this, a great example of this is the word milk. Milk, everyday word, comes from the German word milch. But the Italian word, or the sort of Latin-derived word latte, 
is also there. And you can find it in the more scientific words like lactation or lactose. I don't know how the split happened, but somehow when English was invented, when it, when it evolved, the sort of everyday basic no-nonsense words came from German and the a little bit more evolved words came from the could consider more evolved language of Latin. There are, of course, lots of Greek words in the English language as well, but uh, for the time being, <laughs> let's, let's not pay attention to those. Um, so that's my first tip, is just start with con cognates when you are um, memorizing vocabulary. My second tip is to memorize the suffixes, the patterns of the suffixes, because there are so many that are very, very close, or they might not be that close, but you can memorize them, and you'll know if you see that suffix, you'll know exactly what it means. So a couple examples of this. Zione, Z-I-O-N-E, is the equivalent of the English shun, T-I-O-N or S-I-O-N, depending on the word. So an example of this is direzione or direction. It's one of those easy words that, you know, doesn't take a fluent Italian speaker to be able to recognize. One that's not quite so obvious is mente, M-E-N-T-E, which is the Italian version of li, L-Y. Anytime you have an adverb, you're going to stick mente on it, just like you would put li on it if it were English. Difficultly, difficilmente, same thing. And words that end in I-O or I-A are going to be words that in English would end with Y. Like biologia is biology, or matrimonio is matrimony. One more that is very useful is ura, U-R-A, which translates to the English your, <laughs> literature, culture, literatura, cultura. And lastly, I mean, I'm sure this is not the last one. There are many, many more, but of the ones I'm going to mention, ENZA, E-N-Z-A, is like the English E-N-C-E, ENZ. Differenza in English would be difference. So if you learn these patterns of suffixes, you're just going to multiply your vocabulary. Because if you learn the word differente, different, and you want to make it into difference, differenza. You just have to learn to memorize the suffixes and you can very easily learn how to construct these words. My third tip is that you need to be able to figure out if a word is masculine or feminine because in Italian, like in French and Spanish and many other languages, all nouns have a gender. So you need to be able to use the correct article like il or la, the, or un or una, a. You want to make sure you use the right one. And so the way to know if a word is masculine or feminine, there's a general rule, which is that feminine words end with A and masculine words end with O. I think this is the same as Spanish, actually. Where it gets difficult is words that end with E because those can be masculine or feminine. There are a few patterns. If you look them up, you'll find them. I don't have time to mention them now, but there are a few patterns, but mostly you're going to have to mem memorize the words that end with E. And just be aware there are some words that end with A that are masculine. I get these messed up all the time, and I've been here 15 years, like the word pianeta. I always say la pianeta, but it's il pianeta, and I always remember after I've said it. So there are some exceptions, but you know, don't worry too much about that because people are very forgiving, especially Italians, if you make mistakes in their language. Definitely not a thing you should be beating yourself over the head with. 
Tip number four is to memorize some basic irregular verbs. The thought of irregular verbs is sort of horrifying, but if you can just get those out of the way, I would say memorize the irregular verbs before you even start the regular verbs. Then the regular verbs will just feel so easy after that. There are some basic ones that you need to know. Essere, to be. Avere, to have. Andare, to go. Fare, to do. Potere, to be able to. Dovere, to have to and venire, to come. So memorize those conjugations and you will be way ahead of the game. You're going to use one of those verbs in probably every third sentence at least. So once you have them down, once you've got them memorized, you'll just have a grasp of the the language. You know, you're not going to be necessarily speaking, chattering away fluently, but you can make yourself understood. And if you combine those irregular verbs with the rules of the basic three types of regular verbs, then you're really going to be set because Italian, just like French, has three main regular verb endings, A-R-E, E-R-E, and I-R-E. There are a few types of verbs that are sort of semi-regular. I don't know if that's the exact term, but they're not exactly irregular verbs, but they don't quite fit into the regular conjugation either. You'll eventually come across those and you'll learn them and one by one you'll, you'll learn those too. But don't worry about those ones now. As I said, worry about the main irregular verbs that you're going to use in your daily life and then memorize the hell out of these three types of regular verbs because you can just translate them from one to the next to the next. If you learn one, you know, if you learn how to translate an A-R-E verb, you can translate any A-R-E verb providing it's regular. Your vocabulary will just multiply. As far as speaking in the future tense and the past tense and the conditional mood and all of that, I would save that uh, until you've kind of got the basics down. It's great to be able to speak in past tense, um, but if you're focusing so much on the past tense that you're not able to learn vocabulary and get your basic verbs down, there's not really a point to that. If you have to talk in present tense, even if you're speaking about the past or the future, people will still understand you. If you say tomorrow and then say it in present tense, people are going to know what you mean. If you say yesterday, if you learn the words for tomorrow or yesterday or at three o'clock, you can still make yourself understood. So I would say focus on the present tense, get that really, really solid, and then start with the regular past tense, passato prossimo, which is just sort of like, I don't even know what it's called in English because... You never learn these terms in your own language unless you teach them. But just your basic past tense is is your second step. And then you can work up from there to go to future and conditional and uh, other variations of the past tense. So a little bonus that I want to just add, it's not really a tip, but I just want to say that if you are trying, this is a piece of advice that a French teacher gave me once. And he said, you know, you've got this phrase in your head that you want to get out you know, you know how to say it in English and you try to construct it in your head, but it's just beyond your capacity. This is when you stop. You think to yourself, okay, how can I put this in very, very basic terms? And it's going to dumb down the sentence. It's going to make it much less complex, probably less interesting. But if that's the only way you're going to get your point across, then that is good enough. And so don't beat yourself over the head trying to translate this incredibly complex sentence that you've got in English in your head. Instead, 
figure out how can I say this? Is there a way that I can construct the sentence that fits in with my own level? And again, I'll be totally honest. I still do this to this day. It's usually when I'm arguing with my husband or something like that, that I find that I, I just can't quite express what I'm trying to say. So I'm like, okay, how can I say this in a way that I'm capable? And, um, it makes it simple. It makes it direct. And honestly, if you can't figure out how to say it in, in your complex way, you might as well say it in a simple way. Otherwise, the person you're talking to isn't going to get it anyway. So there you have it. Those are my tips on learning to speak Italian or sort of beginning your Italian journey. And um, do you, I really, do you remember what it was like when you were learning to speak Italian? Yes, but I didn't like it. You didn't like it, huh? But you learned... I learned, I like it a little bit. <laughs> All right. You want to say, you want to say any last words? So there you have it. Five tips on beginning to learn Italian. This has been your midweek bittersweet moment. Join us again. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net.